Hi, folks. Steve Urban here. Today's episode of the Rutterflex podcast is sponsored by Marketing 360. My good friend J.B. Kellogg and his team do such a fantastic job for us and so many other companies. Marketing 360 is the number one platform for small business, and it's everything you need to grow your business. If you need marketing support, I really encourage you to contact them at marketing360.com slash writerflex, and we'll add that link to the description of this episode for easy reference. On today's episode of the Writerflex podcast, we have guest Rob Davidson, the CEO of Cure Pharmaceutical, a vertically integrated drug delivery and development company with a proprietary formulation and delivery platform called CureForm. Rob and his team are committed to developing new ways to deliver and experience medicines, supplements, and cosmetics. Rob, Rob Davidson on the Riderflex podcast. How are you doing, Rob? Doing great. Doing great. How about yourself? I'm hanging in there, man. You know, we're, uh, we're recording this on May 15th, right? 2020. So for the listeners that might uh, hear this a year from now, we're kind of, you know, we're still in the coronavirus situation. I'd like to think we're in the uh, second half or maybe the fourth quarter of it. I hope. I don't know. But uh, I'm hanging in there considering. How about yourself? Good, good. Likewise. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping we're in the uh, last quarter as well or second half, whatever sport you like. But uh, absolutely. it's uh, It's been a long, uh, I think, uh, trying uh, time. It has, bro. I'm so ready to go to happy hour with other human beings besides my wife. I mean, <laughs> have you have you tried have you tried the virtual happy hours with any of the friends or anything like that or just, I ha I have I have not <laughs> it's not it's not the same it was weird you know I thought okay well, this is kind of cool because I don't have to worry about having too many drinks and driving home so I like that part of it it's positive yes you know there's a silver lining but it's still not quite the same right because when you're at happy hour with your friends I don't know about you but I'm always kind of people watching and who else is in here? And, Absolutely. Yeah. You know, check, check her out, check him out. And what's the deal with that person? And wow, that bartender, she's, you know, kind of cute or whatever, just small talk, you know, like I miss all that anyway, but I miss getting together with uh, other, the other humans. I got a little tavern that's like five blocks from my house where me and some buddies go. And I can promise you the day that opens, it will be slammed. It'll I be slammed, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. That makes sense to me. You know what I miss the most, though, is actually being, being in a tavern or watching sports, right? Yes. No, I mean, the sporting events. It's just uh, that's tough for me not to have that. Oh. So I can't wait for something. I've watched enough reruns and, you know, NFL <laughs> greatest hits, you know. I'm ready to get into the real uh, games again. So Speaking of sports and uh not be able to watch anything i see the jordan jersey behind you yeah yeah michael jordan yeah one of the best you, i think oh oh i think the best uh by the way yeah. you did you see the espn's running that uh what what is yes that? Uh, i haven't seen it yet um but i definitely uh, want to watch it uh i know what you're talking to, about the yeah. michael jordan documentary yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i heard <laughs> it's really good really good they're running it because there's nothing else to run. Nothing right? else, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You'll see a lot more documentaries if this keeps going. That's for sure. No doubt. No doubt. Well, Hey, listen, man, you know, 
give the listeners a little history about Rob before we get into Cure. Just, you know, where'd you sure. grow up and some family stuff, if you don't mind. Go ahead, no, tell us. Not, not at all, no. I grew up in uh, New York, um, mainly on Long Island. Uh, so it's a Long Island uh, outside of the Manhattan area and a okay. uh, little bit more secluded, uh, not big, uh, tall buildings. Uh, nice <laughs> small town, a small town uh, called Holbrook. Okay. So, Pretty far east, uh, Long Island. I don't know if you know Long Island, but a little uh, bit, yeah. Yeah, so grew up there. Um, really <clears throat> did a lot of different, uh, you know, things during school. Paper route, uh, you know, landscaping. Uh, Winter time, I had my own uh, shoveling snow business, if you will. You know, uh-huh. snow removal. Early so, on, uh, early, early entrepreneur. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. It's funny because a lot of people ask me, you know, what your first job was. I've actually never worked for anyone. I've always <laughs> started my own companies and did my own business. Uh, uh-huh. But yeah, my dad was a uh, New York City uh, police officer. Uh, oh. My, my mom drove a school bus. Uh, uh-huh. I think I'm the first one in my family to graduate with a college degree or several of them. Wow. So I've been lucky, uh, you know, I've been motivated and uh, yeah, so I've been, I'm lucky. Now married, I have uh, two kids uh, and a grandson. I have a 27-year-old, 28-year-old uh, son and a grandson. And uh, I also have a daughter that's uh, 18, going to the University of Hawaii. Uh, so, nice. So uh, fun stuff, yeah. yeah. Nice. And I'm I'll- done. I have no young kids running around right now. So I did it early, got it out of the way. Amen, bro. Same for me. I'm an empty nester, 53 years old. I love there it. There you go. Love I mean, it. Yeah. I love my kids. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. boy, it's sure is nice it's to spend great. money. It's great when they visit. <laughs> right, 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 right. It's so Absolutely. awesome. I, I always tell my friends, I'm like, listen, me and my wife are spending money on us now. It's super awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, how, how old is your grandson? He is uh, going to be two next month. So, yeah. I cannot believe we have the, okay. So first thing you told me was, Hey, we're the same age. Did you graduate high school in 85? I did. Yeah. 85. <laughs> Holy That's shit. Right. I can't, yeah. I can't believe it. Me too. Yeah. 85. Yeah. And my granddaughter will be two years old. August wow. 11, August wow. 11. Okay. <laughs> All right. Congrats. That's awesome. That's awesome. Isn't now, it is, that, is that a son or a daughter that had? Yeah. My, my son. Yep. Yep. Right. My son uh, had Rose. She'll be to our only grandchild. And isn't it, Right. Isn't it isn't it cool? Now at first, when people were like, "Oh, your grandpa or your grand grandfather," I was like, "Okay, yeah, I'm not sure." Like, I'm not sure I like how that sounds. No, it did, it did not ring well. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah. but uh, and uh, what are you called? What's your what's your what's your quote name? What, oh what yeah, gonna... that's a, that's a good one actually. Yeah, it's not grandpa. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's, no, uh, it's pops. Yeah, pops. Pops. Okay, we're close. Yeah. Mine's papa. Mine's All right. Papa. Yeah, there you go. Look I didn't know that. I, I didn't know that was going to be a big deal until I had to, you know, we had to talk about, okay, my daughter-in-law's parents and what, what are you going to be called? And what, I remember thinking, what do we have? Like, we've got to have like a conference about this. Well, how do we decide who's going to be called what? Like the other grandparents, you know, <clears throat> anyway, anyway. So, okay. So early entrepreneur um, and, and, uh, but let's go back. I appreciate you going into the, to the, to the papa star or the grandparent stuff, but let's go back now. You're, so at, in high school, you were an early entrepreneur. You were doing some stuff. Walk us into how you decided what school to go to and kind of what you thought you wanted to do or what you wanted to be. You know, walk us through some of that period. Which day? <laughs> it, was never, it was never a clear path for me, to be honest. Uh, you know, I was all over the place. So I went to different schools. 
uh, you know, college, I didn't know what I wanted to do, changed my major probably, I don't know, seven times maybe. Uh, just okay. really, really knew I wanted to educate myself, but really never knew what I honestly wanted to do. Still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. I hear you. But th <laughs> that being said, uh, I did my undergrad in uh, biological sciences. Um, okay. Pre-med biological sciences and then continued to go to school just as I, I, I went to school for things I was interested in. Okay. Not because I thought it would get me a job because obviously I always had my own businesses. Yep. So I studied as much as possible, uh, mainly, mainly in the wellness field um, and the sciences. And then I did do a, a stint in Cambridge University in England. I, I saw that. I bet that, I bet that was yeah. cool. But that was cool. It was cool to, for them. To, I mean, I don't know how I got in there. I mean, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously. Uh, yeah, well, right, right. Yeah, they uh, let now, me in. That was nice to them. And, uh, you know, I had a great time there and uh, learning sustainability sciences. Uh, you, weren't married. You, you weren't married when you, you were there. I was, yeah, yeah. A lot of my schooling was done when I was married, yeah. I was a late, I stopped and I did so many stops and goes on schooling. Uh, I probably have more credit. I probably have enough credits to get a lot of degrees, but I just never finished those degrees, if you would. Okay. Uh, I, was very, yeah, I, was, I was all over the place. Okay, but you were obviously interested in, in learning, very curious, wanted to learn, wanted Absolutely. to. Absolutely. Read a okay. lot of books, just kept on reading, just, you know, almost like an autodidact where you learn yourself, uh, yourself learn. Um, I enjoyed that um, and learning about as much as possible. Yeah, okay. even the things even the things I wasn't good at, I tried to learn uh, just just because I had the curiosity. I okay, think so. now, yeah, it's imp I totally agree. Now, yeah. now, walk us through how you survived during that time. How did you pay the bills, and what businesses were you were wow, you running, yeah. and did you start? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, when I was when I was really young, I was just doing odd jobs, landscaping business. Uh, we did that. Um, I had a couple partners on that. Okay. Uh, then I started my own fitness business training, um, ah. did my certifications and fitness and, uh, had a really fun time doing that meeting really interesting people. I learned so much from people. I mean, that's the, honestly, that's where I've been real lucky. And then I started, uh, I think I was 24 when I started my first company in the sciences and it was clinical research organization. And we would organize clinical studies for the nutrient and wellness, uh, companies. Uh, and that went really well and able to have a nice little exit. You know, for wow. me, it was a nice exit. Uh, wow. but, but, but getting there was a rough time. I mean, I remember I came to California, uh, Northridge, Northridge earthquake in, uh, I want to say, was it 94 or something like that? Okay. Uh, ended up living in my car for a couple of, uh, weeks because Are you my, serious? House, my little apartment was red tagged. Oh no, true story. Had no money. Uh, basically was using my money to build a business. And uh, yeah, so I was training people at night, so I was doing, I you know, burning, burning the candle at both ends. When you weren't uh, married, were you married then? I was not married yet. Okay, no. thank. You. Yeah, because she's, because yeah. I can just imagine you. She's like, hey man, I don't, we can't live in this car. We can't. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, exactly. Uh, okay. I didn't have a choice because all the hotels were taken. Even if I had money for a hotel room, uh, at the Northridge earthquake, you know, in that area, I lived in that area. Everything was shut down, so it was a pretty interesting time. Uh, yeah, str you struggle, right? You you go through it. That that's what makes you stronger, and that's what. What was what was the name of that company? The company I sold. Yeah, uh, Biotem. Okay, all right, and yeah. so you had an exit. You had a successful exit right there. Did, not, an, yeah. not enough. Not enough to retire, but enough no. to. No, not enough uh, to retire. Enough I don't to. I never retire anyway, but uh, right, yeah. Right. It's, 
uh, but enough to, you know, really take that next, uh, you know, capital and, and go into another company and another nice. business. And then I uh, decided I really enjoyed um, creating, but okay. more on the science side. So got into formulations and uh, development work uh, for drug delivery technology and uh, looked at companies that had nice products, good products that needed line extensions or potential uh, better ways to, to deliver their medicine to the body. And uh, basically developed and started companies uh, doing that in different, we did a nasal technology, uh, oral technologies, you know, you name it. And I've basically built them up and I've been able to have some exits on that side as well. How did you meet these people to help fund you? Like you weren't, you That's know, you're, you, you weren't part of that quote crowd, right? You're, you're, you weren't, your family wasn't in that, you know, investor crowd, you know, you Not had said all. you're, you how did you how did you work yourself into th this networking and group of people that had the money to help you start these things? How'd you do some of that? Well, luckily, it wasn't a pandemic at the time. <laughs> right? So people like working out and doing fitness. So I always kept my fitness uh, training, um, okay. you know, uh, business going. And it was okay. just me and I had one or two other people doing some training. Uh, but I met a lot of interesting uh, individuals uh, and really started networking with them. And there you go. And yep. uh, I, one one particular person liked what I was doing. And, you know, I just kind of after a while, we started talking about ideas and he was interested in uh, funding uh, some ideas. And we got into it from that perspective and did well. So that's that was my first uh, foray into, uh, you know, taking taking investment money in. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, with a partner and, and building a company, which was very interesting. Great tip for the listener right there. I mean, really, you know, a physical trainer kind of paying your eating and paying rent doing that with some yeah. of these ideas, then started the business, then met the right people to help you get it going, and then had the balls to ask them to be involved, right? Um, I can, I yeah. can almost see you. I can almost see you pitching. Like the guy comes over and you're like, Hey, look, I'm going to, we're going to do your workout, but I got this idea and I need you to, I need you to give me some cash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's kind of like that actually. You know, it, it's interesting. <laughs> and that's, it's funny cause the well, I was in the wellness space, right? Fitness and wellness kind of go hand in hand. So, uh, yeah, yeah. my business was wellness and, uh, it made it a lot easier to surround yourself with people of like interest, if you will. Okay. Uh, so they had an appetite for, uh, you know, putting investments into something they like, obviously that's what they're passionate about. They're working mm -hmm. out and training. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I got lucky on that one. That, that was an interesting, uh, time, but a very nerve wracking time because I take that seriously when you take right. people's money. Absolutely. I want to make the money. And that was probably the scariest, but most exciting time in my life. Mm -hmm. Very. Were you like that in high school and college? Were you just that guy? Were you that networking guy? Just like, hey, I know everybody. No, I can. No, not at all. Not at really? all. Really, really. I, I probably was more introverted than than you know extroverted at that time. I think. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I was pretty much myself. I was always in. I was always a deep thinker. Okay. Uh, just you know, I, I don't know why I was too serious. I think when I was younger. <laughs> Uh, okay. but, uh, yeah, so I, I didn't really socialize a lot. I played a lot of sports, um, okay. but I did not, uh, you know, as far as just being that social butterfly, if you will, that was not yeah. me at all. I was quiet yeah. in class. Uh, yeah, I didn't really hang out a lot. So I was pretty much like to read a lot that I was very into that and, uh, sports. So, but, but that, uh, extrovert has come out more now, like now your personality is definitely a lot more open. I mean, I've watched some interviews, uh, that you've done and stuff. So you've definitely, uh, 
worked on the whole EQ and the people skills and the shaking hands, kissing babies, absolutely, you, all, all that yeah. stuff. Well, I enjoy it. I mean, I, it's actually it's funny because you don't know how much you know fun or energy you can get from people, uh, you know, until you do it, right? And uh, yeah, I definitely I think in college is what when I started opening up a little bit, and then when I started okay. to talk and present my ideas for to investors. Mm -hmm well, you really better be a little more extroverted, right? <laughs> yeah. At a better level. Uh, uh, but so, yeah, so I, so I took that, uh, I took that leap, but it's scary. I still do a lot of presentations, scientific presentations or business yeah. presentations. And you're still nervous in the beginning. Oh, but, you, but you, you do a great job. You don't, you don't seem nervous. I've watched some of the videos on you. Now you got okay. it down now. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Tell us then uh, how you walked into, let's, let's walk into Cure Pharmaceutical started uh i think it was 2011 i believe it right? was 2011 yeah yeah um, it's a good story can, actually yeah walk it walk us into how it all started and then yeah. kind of up up to where it's at today go ahead yeah yeah i love to tell that story because it's it's pretty it's it's a great backstory to cure i think um we started in 2011 as you as you said uh i had my team my previous team who's mostly still with me um, we, we sold another company, uh, a technology that was used in the chloroseptic brand, if you're familiar with chloroseptic. Uh, and then we were doing some consultant work, took some time off. And my family and I, we typically go on uh, a mission trip every uh, year uh, nice. to a different country, more like a medical health mission trip. And, you know, we'll work on clean drinking water or pharmace you know, pharmaceutical, uh, you know, uh, Great. You know, healthcare centers, things like that. Love so, that. I love that. But can we love that? Love that. Can you, yeah, go ahead. And I bet that was great for your kids growing oh, it's up. Amazing. My, amazing. My kid, it's changed my kid's life, you know, absolutely. Um, they, and they both continue to volunteer and do things like that, which is amazing. I so, think that's um, awesome. I think that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. Thank you. So uh, we were on a mission trip and we were in Africa and um, we were in, uh, I, I think we were in Zambia at the time. And came back uh, from uh, from Zambia. We hit a couple of countries, but I think the last country was Zambia that we went into. And um, really noticed that you know there's a need for better medications, and really didn't think about it too much. Uh, yeah, except you know that I, I hate the way they the kids aren't getting the medications they need. More on the pediatric side was our focus. It always has been. Okay. Um, and then I got back, and in the true story, about a week later, uh, my chief scientific officer, who was not at the time my chief scientific officer, he's an ex-Amgen uh, scientist, called me. And he said, hey, Rob, I have an idea. I just got back from Africa. And I'm like, wait a minute, I just got back from Africa. <laughs> I was in Uganda, and uh, you know, I was looking at uh, malaria medication and how they treat patients right now, pediatric patients. Um, they ship two big bottles of powder, which is, you know, logistically a pain in the neck to clinics. Okay. And they tell these people to mix these two actives together in clean drinking water. Uh, well, there's no, well, there's no clean drinking water. Ding, ding, ding. Right. <laughs> so my chief scientific officer said, yeah, Dr. Ed Maliski, and I give him a lot of credit for the founding of the company. Um, he said, look, you know, uh, I think we can put malaria medication on a thin film. He goes, I know you did, I, my company at one time, Innozen, was the first company to put a drug active on a thin film. I see. We did that, we did it for chloroseptic. This was, you know, in uh, 2002. So we're talking about fast forward nine years later. Okay. The technology was very limited at the time. So he came to me and said, look, I think we could put these malaria medications that are very unstable on a thin film and 
kids can just take it. They don't need water and it, and it gets into their body. So I said, I don't think that's going to work. I think it's very difficult. The technology's not there yet. Mm-hmm. He goes, no, we'll develop the technology from scratch. We'll take you, what your, your foundation and we'll take and build on that foundation. Uh-huh. And uh, I was pretty much not convinced, to be honest. <laughs> his credit, I mean, he would call me, I don't know, every other day saying, come on, let's do it. And we decided, okay, let's do it. We put some of our own money in and uh, raised some money okay. and um, started from scratch. I mean, there was really no platform. So we started from scratch working in the lab. All right. uh, we had to buy lab equipment and all that. And we started the lab. Then we were able to develop a platform technology out of it um, that advanced quite a bit. Uh, you know, the first four years was formulation and feasibility work. Okay. And then uh, scalability. You think about it, you can make something in a lab, but how do you make hundreds of thousands of units of that? Right. And there was really no equipment for our specific thin film or polymer systems that we utilize, not to get too much into the science, so we had to create it and we had to co-design and develop and do all that. So it's been a long process, but you know, about a year and a half ago, we started launching little pilot launches with uh, manufacturing. Okay. And uh, now this year we're fully uh, integrated. Uh, we're an FDA registered facility. Uh, we're a schedule one DEA licensed facility for those of you in the cannabis world, uh, understand how important that is for research and manufacturing, uh, mainly on the pharmaceutical side. That's our focal point. Okay. Uh, but we can research uh, quite a bit of different molecules, uh, you name it. I mean, we could do all of the molecules that are Schedule 1 and look to see if there's any therapeutic benefits. Uh, yeah, like the, uh, the mushrooms, uh, psilocybin okay. and things like that. We can actually, uh, you know, uh, be able to research and, and uh, do clinical research uh, studies on that if we wanted to. So uh, that, that was a very, that was a big not hurdle. That was a great milestone for us to get I a DEA uh, schedule one license. So, that's, so right now we're actually in launch phase for several products. Uh, and we are also in uh, IND phase for um, a specific product that's on our website, Sidenafil, which is generic form of Viagra. Taking, uh-huh. it, taking it as a thin film. Are you familiar with the thin film is? It's well, like so a, talk, I was just about to ask you, talk yeah. about that a little bit. Go ahead. It's a unique delivery system. It's it's everyone knows thin film as maybe Listerine strips. The, the little Listerine strips they used to put right. on your tongue. Yep. Right yep. now, those can't deliver medicine because they're not as advanced te- technologically. So we created a similar looking uh, okay. dose form, if you will, okay. that allows you to put actives and stabilize actives in this thin film. And look, you can carry it around. You don't need drinking water. It's great for emergency medicine. Uh, stable for two years. I mean, so you have good shelf life. And then think about logistics going back to the right, origin, right. Origin yep. story, shipping, right? I can ship that into, you know, any country and, and, and get it into clinics where hospitals don't have to give it. The, the patient can do it at home and administrate it at home. So uh, we're excited about that and uh, developed it pretty far. So, so the thin film, is, so the technology is the, is the thin film. And then you're working to put all <laughs> kinds of medications into it is that's correct that's is that correct, correct? Yeah. okay okay yeah. and, and, and and then we use i'm sorry to interrupt but we we use different polymer systems that would you, not every thin film's built the same okay. if that makes sense so okay. we build the thin film based on the molecule we're delivering i see i see and, and, and is it is it is this all protected protected and patented i mean can other people make thin film to put medication there on are, how are you there how are you 
Yeah, that's a great question. There are other um, uh, thin film companies out there. We do have a pretty good point of difference is that we can load a lot of active in one thin film and multiple actives in a thin film. Our technology is, is patented. Uh, we have, I want to say, 15 issued patents currently okay. and about 25 pending maybe. So quite a bit of a, you know, a robust IP portfolio. And we constantly are building on that because you learn and you learn as you go, right? And uh, mm -hmm. you're able to develop better technology. There's new technology, new polymer systems coming out that we can integrate encapsulation technologies. You go into nano encapsulation. So really the holy grail for thin film is being able to deliver vaccines, right? Uh, using thin film rather than injectables. Uh, I uh, see, we believe I that see. that I is see. the holy grail if we can do that. That's all, not an easy task, however. Mm. And yeah. so, and, and how does this tie to the cannabis world and what percentage of your thin films are, are cannabis versus other medications? Great question. Um, so on the uh, cannabis side, we're, we're heavily involved and focused on the endocannabinoid system okay. uh, from a scientific standpoint. And that doesn't only have to be uh, cannabinoid molecules, but I would say uh, at least 40% of our efforts and research uh, development formulation work goes to the cannabinoid world, uh, you know, really stabilizing those molecules, creating better bioavailability, which means absorption into the body. So if you take it, you won't need to take a thousand milligrams. So you potentially could take a lot less and get better absorption into the blood. That's, oh, important. Okay. That's really important okay. because okay. Uh, Epidiolex, which is uh, GW Pharma, uh, did, did a uh, CBD product that they got approved. First uh, FDA approved uh, cannabis drug, right? Uh, uh, Plant-based uh, cannabinoid, which is CBD. Okay. And um, it's a high dose that they have to take because uh, the uh, bioavailability is very low. So these kids are taking a thousand milligrams a day. If we can help lower that dosing and, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> and increase the uh, effectiveness, uh, we think that's, that's a huge benefit for the patient. Wow. Now, in the beginning, were you, were you thinking you were going to tie this to cannabis early on or that just kind of happened later? You were like, no, no, we're, 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 we're creating this thin film technology to the deliver medications. And then later on, you guys were like, wait a minute, let's make sure we jump on the cannabis thing too. Or where, how did that come in to play? Yeah, that's that. Yeah. So interesting. Uh, 2010, 2011, we, 2010, I was looking at it before okay. cure. Okay. But in 2011 and 2012, we really started looking at a lot of the research from Israel on uh, different cannabinoid molecules, the endocannabinoid system itself, which is fascinating, okay. uh, and the ability to uh, modulate, you know, immune system and other, you know, inflammation. You think about uh, lots of different things it can do. Um, we were um, pretty excited about it, and we started looking at the molecules and realized they're difficult molecules to deliver. So, if we could offer a better way, a better approach to stabilizing the molecule and delivering mm -hmm. it, we mm -hmm. felt that we would be, uh, you know. We could be the leader in that field for endocannabinoid delivery. Um, okay. 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 So, so you're, okay. Go yeah. ahead. No, I was going to say. So, as we were working on that and thinking that, um, we had a collaboration with Los Angeles Children's Hospital, okay. and uh, you know, my uh, one of my friends, and she was a COO of Cure. Uh, later on, I brought her on as, as part of the team. Uh, you know, she worked at Children's Hospital, and those collaborations, we started looking at cancer patients and parents allowing uh, their kids to take cannabis 
uh, during chemotherapy and the effectiveness of, you know, the uh, pain relief and the anti-nauseousness and, and actually some interesting results uh, happening from a recovery standpoint. Uh, so it was very interesting and, and that really put us to the next stage and say, okay, we got to get involved. Let's wow. spend a lot of money and time on that. And we actually have a research and development, uh, you know, um, collaboration with Technion Institute out of Israel for okay. cancer. Uh, and, we're, and we're looking at that and we're, um, you know, I, we've finalized some animal studies. We're getting into uh, human studies, hopefully uh, within the next six uh, to nine months. So. Okay, very good. So, so who is your who's paying you is it the is it the drug companies or the cannabis companies who what's what's the business model as, yeah. as it relates to who's paying you go ahead so we have we have several verticals uh you can imagine a platform delivery technology lends itself to multiple verticals right yes right so yep. I'll, we, I'll, I'll give you the out the quick outline on the verticals okay uh, we have uh we think it's great for pediatrics so we have a pediatric vertical or just kind of pharmaceutical vertical okay we have uh which extends through pediatrics geriatrics hard to swallow pills uh, better delivery pharmaceuticals uh, then we have the then yeah. we have yeah absolutely and then we have the cannabis vertical itself right because okay. that's a different game it's uh you have the wellness side with cbd from hemp uh, you have, uh, then you have the THC side, you have, uh, the 140 different cannabinoids in the plant that have a potential therapeutic effect, which is why that's an exciting plant. Um, yes. so the cannabis vertical is itself <clears throat> Each vertical on a pharma vertical. We work, uh, with companies that want to deliver their actives more effectively. Okay. So they would pay us for formulations. They would pay us for milestones, uh, you know, helping them get through the regulatory process. Uh, they would also um, give us uh, a license royalty back to use our technology once ah, the products ah, develop. So I we have see. it several ways. We maintain exclusivity on manufacturing, and uh, we also get a royalty for the use of that product, for our technology in that product. But, uh, similar, yeah. but you're not a CPG company. Like you're, you're, not, you're not producing and packaging it and then sending it to them as a white label, or are you? No, we can do that actually. Okay. We can okay. we can do full manufacturing. Okay. Here. Okay. We're vertically okay. integrated, so we can take something from feasibility all the way through to com commercialization. Awesome. All right. Very good. How big is the company so, now today? Uh, well, go ahead. You were going to. No, say I was going to say. So a, to continue on the verticals, we had the pharma vertical, the cannabis vertical, and then okay. a vertical is the wellness vertical, which is just I think in delivering nutraceuticals, uh, medical foods, things like that. Uh, that's a that's a vertical as well and then you have this vertical that i think is a company in its own it would be the veterinarian vertical for dogs cats you know delivering thin film bacon flavored medication strips to dogs or i don't know what cats like in flavors so forgive me maybe fish i don't know but uh you know uh you know making the putting the medicine in there because it's hard to give pills uh to dogs uh, if you i totally yeah. agree <laughs> absolutely i think yeah. that's a huge opportunity yeah right so we so we like that vertical and we're looking at that we have patents in that area as well yeah. wow so many opportunities then with these verticals okay and so as of today i know the, the company's publicly traded right it is it is we're okay. on the otcqb yes Okay. And how big is the company then? What, how many employees? 15, 20, 30? We're about um, all in all with the consultants and regulatory, uh, I'd say about 25. 20, and, 20. Uh, yeah. So that, and that's an important, uh, I think, distinction too, with how we can manufacture and develop with not a lot of people. Because right. 
it's a highly scalable small footprint approach mm -hmm. and uh, we try to we try to integrate sustainable measures within the manufacturing processes so you'd be surprised on a, a 27,000 square foot facility we can manufacture quite a bit of product and, mm -hmm. and, that, and that's a beautiful thing because you, you don't have you don't have that extreme overhead that pill manufacturers and other manufacturers have we love to transfer that cost savings over to the patients. So many, so many opportunities. Now, because it's a public company and the, the, I can see the numbers online if you look it up. Yep. So you're, you're, you're still, correct me if I'm wrong, but it, the company's still at a, quote, burn rate, right? Like you're, you're, yes. You're, yes. you're still scaling the business, working on technology, working on launching some of these verticals. And so it is, um, you're still burning cash, but do you have any idea have you projected out like okay well we think we're going to be in, in a positive net income by x year or you walk talk talk to me about that i was looking at you know i looked up the stuff yeah. online I was like, okay well right now yeah, they're living right. right now they're burning cash living off investor mm -hmm. you know money which they have to which any typical mm -hmm. situation like this would but i'm just mm -hmm. curious as to what's your vision like do you have the the whiteboard where you know 2024 yeah, we're gonna we you're gonna okay <laughs> absolutely no we do so it, it's funny because what we we are a drug delivery company right technology company so we don't have to go through um you know like a new chemical entity spending hundreds mm -hmm. of millions of dollars to get a product approved we go through an abbreviated process called a 505b2 process pathway wow. so it, it's it's an abbreviated approach to getting approved you're basically just taking actives that are already approved we know the safety profile and we're putting them in a delivery system to make it more effective. So that's usually 24 to 36 months to get, you know, all the way through the process. Okay. Um, we're pretty excited. We have the Sedentafil product that we're working on, um, you know, that we're hoping in 2000 with the pandemic now, 2022, we launched that. Okay. Uh, we think that's a, we have very big expectations for that particular molecule. It's a uh, thin film, uh, you know, generic form of Viagra in a thin film. That's a faster acting, uh, more convenient, uh, potentially, potentially less dosing needed too to get the effect. So we're we're pretty excited about that product. And then we just launched. You can you can just you can just go ahead and ship some of that to me right after we get off. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's, a com that's a common theme in uh, <laughs> in conversation. So uh, and then we have the wellness side and the CBD side um, that's really taken off. So. Well, we believe, uh, you know, within the next, we'll call it the 18 to 24 months, we'll, we'll be uh, cash flow positive. So. Okay, very good. Okay, great. So, wow, kudos to you for not only surrounding yourself with the talent you need to get this going, which you've basically done since you were a young person, you've been surrounding yourself with talent, and then bringing some of those same people along through your entity. So kudos yeah, to your leader. Thank you. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a key message you just said, you know, really surround yourself with people that are a lot smarter than you. Uh, you know, you yeah. might have that dream and, and then you have to allow them to dream with you. You know, don't, yes. don't micromanage them. That's a, that's a big deal. A Agreed. I, I really respected that when I was looking you up and studying you before the podcast, I'm like, okay, so he's got some of these people have, have followed him and, and yeah, you've been mentoring and coaching and letting them work as a team. I mean, yeah, kudos to, to you for that. And you know, none of this happens unless you're able to raise cash. <laughs> so true. At this yeah. point, are you, would you call yourself an expert at raising cash? Because you've done it a bunch now, uh, and and you've had to do it with with cure to to keep it going. I mean, it doesn't happen unless you're having meetings with people saying, "Look, I have, I have this idea. 
here's the technology. We're going to have some patents. It's where, I mean, you've had, you've had lots of, give us your, give us your raising cash, you know, overview. What's it been like for you? What have you learned and what advice would you give people uh, trying to do it? Big question. Well, yeah. That, well, interesting. Uh, you know, I, I feel like I've really not had a problem with raising cash. And I think it's because I think there's a common theme to okay. that. Okay. You know, if you're going out and you're raising money from investors, treat it like it's your own money mm. and, and, and treat them like they're your partner. Because I think that's important. I also think the passion, you have to, don't raise money with things you're half passionate about. Only raise money if you're truly passionate about it and you're willing to put everything you have on the line with them. I think that's what sells the, you know, and I've done that. I've, you know, we put our own capital in. Um, it's public. You can look up my salary. I live in California. I'm not doing it for the salary. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, you know, it, it's really about the passion, the commitment, and uh, be transparent. That things don't always go the right way. Um, you know, and when it doesn't, you know, get on the phone. I, there's not one time if an investor calls, um, I might not get back to them right away because I got about a hundred calls going on, but mm -hmm. I always make sure I have a direct line with the investors. And you're talking about, you know, a thousand investors, but if they call me, they email me, uh, you know, cause we're public, right? You don't know who's trading your stocks, but if people call and, and they want to talk, obviously not, we can't give out non-confidential, uh, yeah. uh, I mean, confidential information, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm open to discussing, you know, the philosophy and the strategy of the company with them. When did you but go pub? When did it go public? Yeah. So we went public in 2016. 2016. Yeah, 2016. 2016. Okay. So, so you had an, obviously then you had this infusion of cash, which definitely mm -hmm. helped over the oh, last yeah. few years. Yeah. Big. I mean, yeah. that was, that was a major hurdle yeah. for you, I'm guessing. Very, yeah, big hurdle. We, you know, we bootstrap some of the uh, process early on. <laughs> you bootstrapped the roadshow, the road, yeah. the quote roadshow. Oh my goodness! It, it was, uh, <laughs> yeah, we 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 did a lot as a pharma company or technology company. We've done a lot for the amount that we raised. I mean, if you look at comparison of other companies and pharma biotech companies, uh, so the first, uh, wow, I want to say four years five years of life as a company for five years. I think we, we did everything on maybe $6 million and that's five, that's five year runway, right? That's including building out facilities and labs and things like that. So we really, we know how to run it lean. Um, you know, we, we respect capital when it comes in uh, to me, that's important. And to me, the shareholders are more important than any, anything else, right? The shareholders are your key stakeholders in the business. And then hopefully, uh, the patients when we get the medications into their hands. I mean, that, right. that's really, but the passion, if you're passionate about it, you're transparent and, and trust and people can trust you. You can raise the money. What you, I think it's got a market cap value of what? 88 million or something like that. I saw this morning. Yeah. I think fully diluted. We're probably about 95 to hundred million, but yeah, somewhere around that. Good for you, man. Hey, congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank I mean, you. seriously, yeah. how's that? The, out of all the things you've been through, you can wake up and go, all right, we're at 95. I mean, that's got to feel pretty good, well, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny. I, I didn't want to go public, but uh, but the rest of my uh, partners and, and uh, team and, and investors, actually, uh, in the private company uh, wanted uh, to go public because they felt that you get a higher valuation that way okay. and uh, more liquidity. So uh, here we are public. 
Uh, it hasn't been as bad as I thought it would be. <laughs> no, it, it's just, there's just a lot more work, a lot more, you know, regulations and, and things you have to do. And, uh, you know, you're out, you're, you're, you, you're running two different companies. You're running the technology drug delivery company, but then you're also running the public company, right? Yes. And those are two very different, uh, things. If you look at the stock price, sometimes during a down market, you probably, you want to slit your wrist, <laughs> but you're excited about the technology on the other arm, right? On the other side. So it, it's, uh, it can be difficult. <laughs> I bet the first time you prepared for the quarterly board meeting after you went, you went public, you were like, oh, shit, this is a whole nother level. <laughs> I, yes, I would think that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was definitely, yes, absolutely. What's the, what, what keeps you up at night the most right now? Or, or, or maybe a better way to ask that question, what is the uh, current biggest challenge you have or biggest hurdle right now? Um, yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. I think we'll go, I'll rewind to your first part of that question, what keeps me up at night. Okay. Um, you know, the, the potential um, – uh, difficulties in the economy, right? Okay. Coming up okay. because of the pandemic, I, I would mm -hmm. say that's an alarming mm -hmm. situation. Um, because you know we we do rely on um, other companies uh, that want to develop technology further. I, I think that it's a double-edged sword. I, I think the pandemic, from an economic standpoint, may hurt the industry a little bit, but I also think it may help the industry in that I'm hoping as a country we start looking at bringing technology and manufacturing back in more and more because mm -hmm. it, we, ha we, have, we have shortfalls on, uh, you know, not only protective equipment, but also medication. And, uh, you know, I think we can solve that by really spending more energy and time manufacturing in the U.S. and, uh, you know, taking care of uh, our population. So I think that's, that, that, that's an exciting uh, potential future, um, near future uh, change. You know, you know, I, yeah, the, I know the, the, the market right now with everything going on with the coronavirus yeah. has me worried too. And a bunch of other business owners, but um, I think, I don't know. I, maybe it's just me. I'm feeling optimistic. I, I'm feeling optimistic. I feel, um, I feel like we're going to come out of it uh, with everybody wanting to spend money and be active. And I don't know, that's just my gut feeling. My wife is uh she works for TJ Maxx in Marshall's company. Okay. Yeah, sure. And, uh, she's a, she's a manager for them. And uh, I, I take my, my the, the pulse of how people are feeling by what happened with her. She, I had a bunch of friends say, Oh, you know, it's really people we're going to come out of this slow and people are going to be like really nervous about getting out. It's probably going to start really slow. And I, I kept thinking, I kept saying, well, I don't know. I, I, I talked to a lot of friends that are just dying to get out. I think it's going to, I think people are going to race to go places. And so I'm having this debate with my friends. Oh, that's a good, that's and, a good debate. And, and uh, my wife's, the day they reopened, and since they've re reopened, they have been slammed. I mean, wow. slammed busy. And I, I told her, she came home that first day, and I said, I told you. I said, I, I just think people are just stir crazy and ready to roll. And so that's, that's my that's optimistic, great news. That's I like my optimistic that. view. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. You made so, me optimistic. Yeah, yeah, it's making me feel, it's making me feel positive. Yeah, um, I like it. Congratulations getting it getting the business where you've gotten it so far. I mean, really major major accomplishment. Um, no, would you? I have a great team. So thank you. It's, uh, what? By the way, I'm just curious. What's your uh, uh, dad say about the fact that you were going to touch cannabis, know, knowing that he was, uh, you know, 
uh, in, in law enforcement his whole life. I'm just curious what he said. <laughs> That's a good question. I am, when I told him, I emphasized that we're doing it under the federal guidelines, right? <laughs> we're doing it as a pharmaceutical. Uh, so he was, uh, it took a little bit of, uh, you know, explaining, but uh, I think he's on board. If, if we can help people, he thinks it's great. So Awesome. My mother lives in Oklahoma and she's super conservative. And the fact that Ryder Flex is a recruiting firm, the fact that about 30% of our volume is recruiting for cannabis companies. It's like, we just, her and I, like, we just, we just don't talk about it. Like, it's just like, a, <laughs> it's just a non-conversation. So we just pretend like it's, you know, not there. <laughs> we, we just have to show all the good stories, right? I mean, exactly. It's yes, amazing. Exa ex exactly. Uh, yeah. What, what some of this has done for patients has been oh. amazing. It's really, it's really, it's really incredible. Yeah. And we could do it. We could do a whole nother podcast on that. Oh yeah, absolutely. absolutely. If you, ha if you had to give a piece of advice or mention a couple of things to any aspiring entrepreneurs out there that want to start their own business, what would you tell them? Uh, you only fail when you quit. Ooh, I like that. I mean, that would be because there's many times I, you know, you start a company and it's not going your way and you know, for, it could be years, it could be two years, three years. Uh, you only fail when you quit. Uh, you keep going because some of my best successes have been the ones I almost quit and decided, you know, I'm going to give it one more push and, you know, been able to take it to the next level. So I think that's key. And then again, I think we hit on it earlier. Uh, surround yourself with uh, smarter people, not, you know, smarter people in areas that you're not smart in. Right. Uh, I think that's key. And um, let them go, right? Let them be who they are because a lot of times as entrepreneurs, we get so you know, uh, focus on our dream and our concept of what it should be, mm -hmm. uh, that we don't mm -hmm. allow other people to run with some of their dreams that can mm -hmm. integrate very well into ours. So I think, you know, it would help if you want to expand your, your, uh, you know, your abilities and your dreams, let them dream with you. Mm, I love that. That's good stuff. Let me ask you just two more questions. I know we're sure. almost out of time. So you're my age, graduate 85. By the way, I saw this. I saw this great movie the other day, uh, "Blinded by the Light." It's a, uh, it's a spin off of this kid that uh, back in the '80s, back in the early '80s, he got hooked on Springsteen uh, music, oh, okay. and the whole the whole movie is he's got these cassette tapes of Springsteen songs, and he's listening to them, and it, it inspires him, and it changes his life, and it's got all the scenes in there from '80s, from the '80s going going to high school in the '80s. Right. Oh, man, man, I was just I like sitting it. there. I was, I was, I was taking me back in time, Rob. It was yeah, taking me back. That. I'm going to go watch that. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a good one. <clears throat> but if you had to, um, if you had to call that young man coming out of high school back in 85, May of 85, you're calling him on the phone now, knowing what you know now, mm -hmm. what would you tell him? Oh, wow. Um, don't be afraid. Just go for what you believe in. You know, because a lot of times I, you know, I caught myself not doing the things I wanted to do or, you know, uh, even give it a try because of fear, a fear, okay. fear of failure. Don't, you know, it's again, I don't, you know, I, I don't look at uh, something not working out as failure until you quit. Right. Love <laughs> until it. you stop. And love I it. I would, I would definitely put that message out there. Love it. Love it. Last question. You know, as you get older, I don't know for you, but for me, I, I just, 
I find myself reflecting a little bit more and kind of thinking about just, I don't know, I don't want to get too cheesy, but just thinking about life and like, okay, what's my, what's my purpose here? And how much longer am I going to be here? And what's my legacy going to be? You start thinking about that shit when you get older. And uh, so I want to ask you, so now at this stage in your life, if you had to define your core purpose and put that into a sentence or two, and you kind of, and it was your professional core purpose, so not your family core purpose, right? Sure, sure. So just kind of separating your family for a minute. Professionally, professionally what, would, what, what do you think your core purpose is? Wow. Um, I'm a big believer in everything we do from a, from a professional standpoint has to have a social impact, positive social impact. That's my purpose, whether it's healthcare, sustainability, mm. uh, I want to have that impact. Now I don't, you know, I, I don't feel like I'm there yet. I want to make it, I, I haven't done enough. Uh, and I want to do a lot more and, uh, you know, have that hopefully make a difference and, uh, have a profound, uh, you know, positive social impact on society. I think you are headed that way, my friend, and been, and you've been doing it really from the beginning, even all the way back to when you used to take your kids on the on the trips. By the way, do you still go on the mission trips? We do. Well, not this year. We were we were going, but <laughs> right, uh, right. yeah, we still do it. We do every year. Not it's not always with the kids um, because they're they have their own family now. My, yeah. At least my son yeah. does. My daughter comes with us. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, we we do it. We do. You know, I really, I really think that's special. Uh, we take so many things for granted here in this country, don't we, my friend? Oh my Absolutely. gosh. Absolutely. I, I like you, you know, I've learned more from them, from these trips and from the people than anywhere else in my life. I mean, I, I'm grateful to, for them and, and their ability to uh, teach me and humble me. So, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Rob, thank you so much for being on the Rider Flex podcast. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I really great. I really appreciate it, man. Great stuff. The Rider Flex podcast features entrepreneurs, business executives, and the stories behind how they got there, as well as daily tips on career advice and job interviews. Our show can be heard just about anywhere these days, but you can visit riderflex.com and click on the podcast page to hear all the previous episodes and learn more about the recruiting and consulting services we provide. Contact us at the email address info at riderflex.com or 888-964-5876. Thanks so much for listening. And if you enjoy our show, please be sure to subscribe to our channel and like the episodes.